This used to be one of my favorite weeks of the year, and now it's kind of just like, eh, eh, whatever. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you. Now, I still love the week. I, 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 I just, you know, it's not what it used to be. And that's because National Signing Day is now so focused on the early signing period. Today just feels like whatever. But I yearn for the days of this day in February when there was nothing going on. Like college basketball's in the middle of the doldrums of the regular season. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But, you know, the middle of any regular season is kind of like no man's land. Um yeah, you're you're an NFL fan. You got the Super Bowl. And by the way, go Chiefs being up here in Kansas City. But if you're a college football fan, it was like, oh, great. This is a day I look forward to. I mark it on the calendar. I get to watch ESPNU. I watch the guys throw on their hats. And you don't know who's going where. And things are moving so fast. Oh, it's so exciting. And now it's just like, yeah, there's like three guys left to get a sign and then everyone else is already signed and it's kind of boring. And because the early signing period is now like kind of in the middle of the season, everyone's not really paying attention because there's games going on and it's just, ah, I miss it. I miss it. I really do. I, I totally admit I'm a sucker for it and I miss it, but we are where we are. We've got what we've got. So let's talk about what we've got in the Big 12 Class of 2021 247 Sports Rankings. That's what I'm going to use. That's what I want to use. That's what I always use. The 247 Sports College Football Recruiting Rankings. In order for the Big 12, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Baylor at five, Kansas at six, Iowa State at 7, Kansas State 8, TCU 9, and Texas Tech at 10. So here's the story of these rankings, and I'll tell you where they are nationally here coming up in a little bit. The story of these rankings is uh, Kansas at number 6. Now it's important to note that oftentimes uh, because Kansas has so many bodies, they rank higher. They have 23 commits in the class of 2021, which makes a difference because uh, how many players you have is kind of what can help you rise the rankings, so to speak. So you have some teams that have like 13 to 15 commits and then Kansas with, you know, almost 25, that makes a difference. But still, you got to give Les Miles this for a team that's just been uh, really bad, really, really bad. And last year ranked 10th in the Big 12 in recruiting rankings. They are sixth this year. And, hey, in 2022, I know that's a ways off. All right, it's a ways off. and There's, like, only a handful of commits. But Kansas is ranked fourth in the Big 12 in 2022 rankings. Uh, so just kind of note that. Now, also, the top prospect for Kansas is a wide receiver out of Dallas, Quadarius Davis, four-star wide receiver. How about that? Kansas football landing a four-star wide receiver. That's a great story for Les Miles. All right, it's a great story for Les Miles that should not be overlooked at all. Um, the other surprise here from a disappointing perspective is TCU at nine. Now, they've barely got not even 15 guys here, but they do have a couple of four-star players. Amante Watkins, who's an all-purpose guy, and Sam Jackson, who's a dual-threat quarterback, two four-star players. So, once again, uh, good guys that can make contributions. Texas Tech 
in that 10th slot is disappointing. Because of what they've done on the field under Matt Wells, the frustration around that fan base around Matt Wells and whether or not he's the guy. And this certainly doesn't help his cause at all. But also just shows you how stacked this conference is right now. And man, is it stacked. In terms of depth, it is stacked. Now, Oklahoma, uh, the top recruiting team in the conference for the class of 2021, is ranked number one in the Big 12 and 11th nationally. 11th nationally. Now, last year they were 12th, so it's kind of on par for where they've been. Two years ago, they were 6th. So maybe a slight drop-off, but still, they're in a very good place overall nationally. Texas is 17th. Now, you want to say Texas sells itself. Okay, fine, it does in part. But for Texas to be 17th, yes, the last couple of years were top 10 classes, but for Texas to be 17th in a year when they don't meet expectations, Tom Herman's there, then he gets blown out, now Steve Sarkeesian is in. It's like, geez, that's, that's pretty good. All things considered, that is pretty darn good for uh, this recruiting class. I know a lot of them were signed before Tom Herman was let go. But all things considered, you got to feel good about where Texas is considering what the last few weeks have been all about. Then there's a drop-off. Oklahoma State is 39th. West Virginia's 40th. Baylor is 44th. Kansas is 49th. So you've got over the span of 10 teams from 39 to 49 You've got four Big 12 teams in the mix, and then Iowa State comes in at 53. One thing I'm curious about here for Iowa State football, I know Matt Campbell is going to preach it's about the right guys, right? Five-star culture versus five-star talent. And I will never doubt what Matt Campbell does, okay? I won't do it, and I know Iowa State fans won't either. But I, I do wonder, and this is just me spitballing here, I do wonder whether or not Iowa State will get to the point where it's bringing in a couple of or more four-star guys. Like, I think they could get them, right? I'm not going to say they're going to sit here and land five-star guys. I'm not going to do that. I think that five-star guys would be wise to look at Matt Campbell. Like, If you want that culture and a place you can win and get great coaching, why would you not go to Ames, Iowa? Like, Sure, I guess the facilities might be sexier at a – uh, Florida State, uh, you know, some other SEC schools, even in the Big 12, Oklahoma, Texas, whatever. But I, you get the whole package there, minus the weather. I admit the weather's no good. But outside of that, you got a heck of a package to to go on here. So why not Iowa State landing a couple of four-star guys? I would just be curious to see if they get to that point. Hunter Deckers last year, the quarterback, who a lot of people are so high on when he takes over for Brock Purdy, uh, they're very, very high on that kid, and he was a four-star guy. Brees Hall was a four-star guy a couple of years ago, but it's still mostly a, a heavy three-star group. Now, you want to say, well, hey, these people making these recruiting rankings, they don't know, you know, up from down, they make up these stars, they don't really mean anything. Yeah, they don't, but they also do. I look at the top five teams this year, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson. I mean, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, college football playoff teams every year or every other year. So when people say, well, the recruiting rankings don't matter, well, they don't to an extent, but they really do. All right, when you look at who's actually at the top and who stays at the top and how this goes, like they they really do. So I buy that to a degree, 
But ultimately, I think that Iowa State's a team that if it wanted to, Matt Campbell could have this team recruiting in the top 30 in the country. And I don't think that's far-fetched. And it shouldn't be far-fetched at all by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, TCU's down at 61 nationally, and then Texas Tech is at 64. One thing that should be noted is that having all teams in the top 65 is not something that's been typical. Oh, and by the way, Kansas State's at 57. This is not something that's been typical for the uh, for the Big 12 because typically Kansas State or a Kansas has been like way down at the bottom. And Kansas State, you know, to Chris Kleiman's credit, like they were 63, they were 52, they're 57, kind of in the same ballpark here. But it's another guy who didn't bring in a ton of players, but he brought in some really good fits, most notably uh, Jake Rubley, the pro-style quarterback who's a four-star guy out of West Des Moines, Iowa. So you got to be encouraged by that as well if you're a, a Kansas State fan in terms of what you have going on there. But there's, top to bottom, not a lot of difference right now in this Big 12 conference and where everybody is and where everybody stands. I'd like to see more coming out of Baylor, to be honest. I think that that's a place that Dave Aranda's been given all the tools, all the tools that he can get. And obviously last year was not great when it comes to what happened on the field, winning a couple of games. But you've also seen the recruiting take a bit of a dip. So if you go back a couple of years at Baylor, uh, the Baylor 2018 class was ranked 29th in the country. The 2019 class was ranked uh, 35th. And then you saw a drop off last year. It's always tough when the head coach turns over. Dave Aranda had it ranked 50th. And then this year it's 44th. Baylor with the resources, with the location, uh, they should be able to get that program back to ranking in the top 30 to 35 in recruiting. That should not be difficult for Baylor to do. And I hope Dave Aranda does uh, eventually get it there. But there's kind of your rundown for the Big 12. A lot of excitement, what you would expect at the top, and then everything else filtering down from there. Coming up, let's talk some basketball. Matthew Postens will join us for insight on this conference coming up next on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we continue, I hope you guys please take a moment out, leave us a rating and a review on this podcast. It helps tremendously. And I always say it, but it's so true. It helps more than you guys realize um, growing this show. So hit that five star, leave us a comment, and um, we will send you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie in the mail. Yes, you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and a koozie is coming your way. All right? You sit with it on a Saturday, watch some college hoops, keep the beer cold. We appreciate you guys so much for doing that. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to welcome on our Big 12 basketball insider. He's Matthew Postens. He's on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. I'm Pete Mundo, and it has been another busy week of Big 12 basketball. And the game of the week, at least in terms of going into it, was the top six matchup between Baylor and Texas, and it was the second-ranked Bears beating the sixth-ranked Longhorns, 83-69, on Tuesday night. Matthew, this Big 12 is loaded, and we'll talk more about that coming up. But it's fair to say this Baylor team sure as heck looks like it's not just the cream of the Big 12. It is the cream of the college basketball world right now. How fair is that? 
Uh, I think that's a very fair statement. Um, you know, going into that game Tuesday, I thought it was a really interesting matchup because Texas can Texas can match up with Baylor a little bit differently because they have the three forwards that can all play outside the paint and and create some matchup issues for the Bears. But the Bears didn't seem to have any problem with it. Yeah, I still contend that at some point in the conference season, Baylor will probably lose one game. You know, it'll probably be to somebody like Texas Tech that plays defense like they do, or maybe West Virginia in, the, in that um, two game and two games in four days schedule they have in mid-February. Uh, the conference is so tough that those teams are are capable of beating Baylor. But if you're thinking about, you know, a team that comes out of this conference and is a national championship contender, that's the Baylor Bears. They've won 17 games this year. And they've now won 17 games this year by no fewer than eight points. And, and in fact, the, the last team to do that in the first 16 games was the UNLV team in 1990-1991. So what Baylor's doing right now is, is pretty incredible. As great as this conference is, six ranked teams, seven if you go to the USA Today poll and you see Oklahoma State in there in, in the bottom part of that poll, as good as this conference is, Baylor is just head and shoulders above everybody else this year. Yeah, it certainly is is seeming that way because you said to yourself, okay, if not Texas, who? And that's where when you look around this conference, let's talk about this this depth, Matthew. You know, you keep tabs every week on the site on the latest bracketology numbers. Gives you an idea of what the uh, NCAA tournament might look like if we were to get there today. What do you think right now? I mean, we are seeing multiple, multiple Big 12 teams getting one, two, three, and four seeds. Uh, how do you think that ultimately plays out? Well, I don't think it'll stay that way, but, you know, Monday when CBS released theirs, they had, you know, seven teams in the tournament and they had all of them at a five seed line or higher. And the only difference between CBS and ESPN really seems to be CBS seems to think Oklahoma State is deserving of a higher seed than ESPN does. Um, You know, the next month is going to be Texas and West Virginia and Oklahoma and Kansas and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State just beating up on each other. (laughs) Honestly, that's what the next month is going to be. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm respectively are going to punish those teams that much unless they go on a precipitous losing streak. Uh, I was really surprised at the poll on Monday when West Virginia dropped from 11 to 17 just because they lost to Florida. I mean, they beat Texas Tech the previous Monday, and then they lose to Florida in the, in the Big 12 SEC, and they dropped six spots. I, I didn't quite understand that. I didn't think that was a bad loss for them, honestly. Uh, but they're gonna, there's going to be some volatility in where these teams are ranked the next few weeks because they're going to be playing each other so much. You know, Baylor still has games against five ranked teams. Kansas still has three or four. Oklahoma, after this week, they've got three straight ranked teams to play in the conference. So there's going to be some volatility in where they're ranked and where they're seated. But I think ultimately you're seeing the seven teams that'll be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're, they're solid right now. I mean, they're not on the bubble. They're not playing play in games. They are solidly in the tournament right now. And it's just a matter of seeing how much higher up or how much further down they drop in seating. But the fact that they're all, you know, top 20, top 25, top 30 seeds in the tournament right now is pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. Matthew Poston's joining us talking some Big 12 hoops. So, Matthew, uh, you wrote about this on the site during the week, and that was just uh, Kansas basketball. We know by their standards they are not close to it. They hung in the top 25 this week, barely at number 23. They did blow out Kansas State on Tuesday night, but that's to be expected. 
Uh, how do you think the NCAA cloud that is hanging over this program's head is affecting Bill Self, is affecting the program, and, and ultimately recruiting as well? Well, you know, as I pointed out on the in the story, you know, it's it's not so much that they're not recruiting good players; they are, um, but they're not recruiting five star guys every single year like they were previous to the investigation beginning. And when you're a program like Kansas, and you, you know, you lose a player to the NBA every year like Kansas seems to, you've got to be able to bring in a fresh five star guy to replace that. So if you look at the attrition the last couple of years. You know, or, or just this past year, Devin Dotson leaves early for the NBA. As a Beakway runs out of eligibility, goes to the NBA. Quentin Grimes transfers to Houston, and he is putting up great numbers for the Cougars this year. It, it really took away some elite talent from their program, and their only five-star recruit on their roster right now, Bryce Thompson, uh, is out with an injury. So they've got a collection of really good players, some of them top 100 players in 247sports.com. But there's not that guy who is elite from game to game like Kansas is used to. I mean, Devin Dotson had a tremendous back half of the Big 12 season last year. Uh, he got really hot, and they put the ball in Marcus Garrett's hands to be kind of the point guard and just let Devin Dotson go. They don't have that guy this year. For them to win week to week, game to game, they're going to have to play really tough defense. They're going to have to shoot the ball very well, especially from three, which is something they haven't done a very good job of this season. And they're going to have to get a break or two, which, you know, Kansas seems to be pretty good at getting breaks. But you know, they're playing West Virginia this weekend, and they've got a tough schedule ahead of them. And, you know, there's a chance that their streaks of being ranked in the top 25 in both the AP and the USA Today polls could end here in the next few weeks. And that would be unprecedented because they hold the record for longest weeks ranked in those polls, both polls all time yeah those are uh, excellent points so matthew as you are looking up and down this conference we've talked about the depth we've talked about you know all the one two three four five seeds going into the ncaa tournament it may not hold up or probably won't but that's what we're looking at right now which one of these teams and i think i've asked you this the last three weeks but it's an answer that can change every week which one of these teams that's sitting in that middle of the pack are you saying geez they're they're not just surprising me now they could be surprising me and a lot of college basketball fans come March. Yeah, you do ask me that question every week. And you're right, it does kind of change every week. Um, and, and, and that just shows you how volatile the conference is. But if I'm looking ahead to March and I'm looking ahead to what you need to be able to be good in March and be successful in the tournament, Texas Tech is the team that sticks out to me. Um, they seem to have finally figured out their rotation. They moved Terrence Shannon to the bench. I think that's really agreed with him and really agreed with the overall number of guys that uh, Chris Beard's playing. They're playing nine, and they're making good use of guys like Clarence, Clarence Nadolny and Tyreek Smith. You know, Smith had eight rebounds in that game the other night against Oklahoma. I mean, you you blinked and you didn't even, even notice it because he wasn't on the floor that much. But they've got a clearly defined starting five. They've got uh, guys coming off the bench who have clearly defined roles. They're playing the kind of defense now that uh, Chris Beard likes. Even Max McClung is, you know, a guy who I think probably came to Texas Tech as a transfer and probably everybody thought, well, this guy's just an offensive guy. You know, he's just going to score points. He's bought in. He's the guy that made the defensive play uh, that helped uh, Texas Tech beat LSU in that rally uh, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. So they seem to me like a team that in the next two, three, four weeks, you could see them, you know, beat some teams. I feel like they're the team 
that can beat Baylor, that has the best chance to do it, even though they'll have to do it in Waco. I feel like right now, the way they're configured and the way they're playing, they have the best chance to do it. All right, Matthew, I want to touch on uh, wrapping it up here at the bottom of the conference. Kansas State, Iowa State. If you were to buy stock in one of these programs for turning it around quicker, which one are you buying? I'm buying Kansas State. Uh, they've got some solid freshman talent. Uh, Bruce Weber's play is bought into playing them on a regular basis. Uh, I think Nigel Pack is one of the better young players in the conference that we don't talk about a whole lot just because of the, the woes that Kansas State has experienced this year. Uh, I feel like they have a direction based on the players they've recruited and brought in and the way they've played this season. I'm just not sure if Iowa State has a direction right now. Um, I I think there's going to be some definite, you know, thought about letting Steve Prong go at the end of the year. That may not happen, but I think Iowa State's got to think about it a little bit because, you know, they're on their way to their third losing season in four years, and I, I just don't see the direction they're going right now. With Kansas State and what Bruce Weber's brought in this year, the way he's committed to the young players and letting them grow, I, I see a path forward for them the next year or two to get better in this conference and start moving up the standings a little bit. He's Matthew Postens, Big 12 Basketball Insider here on Heartland College Sports. Matthew, great to have you on as always. Appreciate the insight. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, Pete. Good stuff there with Matthew Postens. Coming up, final thoughts. I got a troll Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M head coach. That's coming up next. Final few minutes on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. It's always great to have you on each and every week, whether you're on our radio show, on our podcast, wherever it might be. Uh, We appreciate you guys joining us here and being a part of it. So this is not a big deal to me, but I did want to share this with you quickly. EA Sports announced that college football is coming back. It's college football video game is coming back. Now, I was uh, not a big NCAA football guy just because I was not a big, uh, in general, um, video game guy. So it wasn't really my thing. But people are apparently so pumped about it. And, hey, you know what? If you're excited about it, then I'm excited for you about it. That's my attitude, right? That's is That works for you. That works for me. I'm excited if you're excited, okay? So that's how we're going to play this thing. Um, but that was some pretty big news this week. Now, there are issues with name, image, and likeness and how that's going to work out. Apparently, the earliest that the game would come back is 2023. I mean, that's a ways away from now. And the whole name, image, and likeness uh, rules that are in play are going to change rapidly over the next, I believe, several months with state legislatures and possibly the federal government getting involved, NCAA. Uh, there's going to be a lot happening on this over the next six to 12 months. So I don't know what the game's going to look like when we get there in 2023, but this was a big deal that I know many, many Big 12 fans were uh, pretty pumped about. I got to spend a few minutes, though, trolling Jimbo Fisher because uh, this dude is like classic looking for SEC fanboys to get on his side. So he goes on the Paul Feinbaum show, which is the place to go. If you want SEC fanboys to carry your water and you want a lot of smoke blown up your rear end because you're in the SEC, you go to Paul Feinbaum. uh, He'll take care of you. His cronies will take care of you. His listeners will take care of you. I mean, they will, uh, they'll do the works. All right. They'll, they'll take care of you. Trust me. And you know what I mean when I say take care of you. All right. But anyway, 
Jimbo was talking about expanding the playoff, which, by the way, I have advocated for. I wrote about it on the site. I talked about it on the podcast in the middle of December after the latest college football and the final college football playoff rankings came out. And I said, hey, it is time to expand the college football playoff. It has got to be done. It's getting boring watching the same two, three teams every year. The committee has zero consistency to what it does. Go to eight teams. Um, I'd make the first round playoff games at campus for the number one through four seeds. College football's greatest trait is its pageantry. And that would be on full display in the first round of the playoff. But where Jimbo went one step too far is when he then came out and was like, you know, the whole thing about conference championships shouldn't really matter because, well, you know, we're in the SEC. Yeah, we're, we're in the SEC. So, like, you could have two or three or four teams who are the best teams in college football all be in the same conference. And what are you going to do then? Somebody's got to take care of me. Come on, man. I can't beat Alabama, so I better figure out a way to get into the college football playoff. I mean, they're only paying me $70 million. I, yeah, come on, $70 million bucks. I'm supposed to beat Alabama? Jeez, that seems awfully unfair. Oh, my goodness. I'm joking, obviously. I hope you sense my sarcasm because it's ridiculous. that he, he here's, here's the official quote from Jimbo Fisher. I think with four teams, you're still leaving it out a little bit, in my opinion, because of the other conference championships. Two or three teams might be in the best conference. I'm not trying to go against conference champions, but if you're going to find the best teams, I think you have to expand the playoffs, incorporate the other bowls into it, and let everybody get a piece of that. So basically what he's saying, geez, I can't beat Nick Saban. I can't beat Alabama. Hell, I'm not sure I can beat Kirby Smart in Georgia. So I'd really like it if the college football media can carry my water, please, so three or four SEC teams can get in to an eight-team college football playoff as at-large bids, and then we can have a shot at a national championship. That would be great. Thanks. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, that's Jimbo Fisher for you, ladies and gentlemen. Way to go there, Jimbo. Jimbo. Let's see if Paul Feinbaum can carry my water for a little bit and see how far it'll take me. Get lost. Get lost. Yeah, as long as the college football media that uh, continues to salivate over the SEC. And don't get me wrong, Alabama's great. But the idea that teams 7 through 14 or 8 through 14 in the SEC are something we're all supposed to bow down to, I mean, get lost. Seriously, get lost. And, you know, Jimbo's no dummy. Guy's not stupid. He knows what he's doing. All right? And he's doing it, and he's thinking, hey, uh, maybe I can make this thing happen. That's what he's thinking. That's exactly what he's thinking. By the way, Kansas uh, hired a new offensive coordinator, Mike DeBoard. Uh, previously, he was an offensive analyst at Michigan. He's been an offensive coordinator at Tennessee, Michigan. Uh, two stints there, Fort Hayes State, Indiana. Uh, he was the head coach at Central Michigan 20 years ago. Didn't do well there. Spent some time in the NFL with the Bears as the tight ends coach. Offensive uh, line coach, assistant offensive line coach for the Seattle Seahawks. So he replaces Brent Deerman, who left for the same job at Middle Tennessee. And Mike DeBoard, I mean, he's not a he's not a young man. Let's just put it that way. All right, he's 64. So Les Miles is looking for somebody who you know, I guess he could play golf with or something like that. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not saying the guy can't coach, but you go from a young rising star in Brent Deerman, who many people believe that he was. 
to uh, Mike DeBoard. These guys, Miles and DeBoard, know each other from their time at um, Michigan under Bo Schembechler. So I, that that's how these guys know each other. He gets the job. Now, Dearman didn't do a great job last year, but it wasn't all his fault. I mean, the the quarterback situation was a mess. The offensive line was a disaster. And KU was dead last in points per game, passing yards per game, and ninth in the conference in rushing offense. Oh, and Puka Williams was like, yeah, I'm not going to play anymore. So it was a very difficult spot for Brent Deerman. Still, I was surprised when he announced he was going to be leaving the program uh, for Middle Tennessee for the same job. Not to be the head coach, but the same job. Offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee. Uh, that, that was uh, a bit of a surprise to me. Also of notes, as we uh, wrap things up, Brandon Radley Hiles, bookie, as he's known in Norman, Oklahoma. Bookie, former five-star guy, is hitting the transfer portal. You know, he was a guy who would make a good play, then he'd make a bad play, then he'd make a good play, then he'd, like, puff his chest out and do something stupid and it cost the team in penalty yards. I don't know what's going on there. Um, He was never the five-star player that people wanted to make him out to be. He was an undersized secondary player who, uh, you know, had moments, but he was probably overrated in hindsight as a recruit. Number five overall cornerback prospect in the class of 2018. Top 40 prospect in America. That was always too high for him, especially once you saw him play. He was undersized and, um, you know, it just, he, he didn't live up to expectations. As for Oklahoma, I think they'll be okay. I mean, they got Key Lawrence, a Tennessee, uh, recruit or former top Tennessee recruit played one year at Tennessee last year and he's a secondary member and he's going to be joining the Sooners and he can play right away so they'll be okay they'll be okay and we wish uh, Bookie well I'm Pete Mundo we're Heartland College Sports Weekly heartlandcollegesports.com is the site check us out we've got a ton of off-season football content Big 12 basketball content it's all there it's up on the site and please do join us. We've got fresh content for you every day. We're pumping out more content than we ever have before on this website. And it's because of the support you guys are showing us. Thanks so much, you guys. Enjoy the rest of the week. And leave us a rating and a review on the podcast before you go anywhere. Leave us a rating and a review. And send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we will get a koozie in the mail. For you guys, all right? That's what we've got for you here. And it's a way to say thank you for taking a moment out, hitting the five stars, and uh, leaving a review as well. Enjoy the weekend, guys. We'll talk to you next week, same time and same place.